Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is The Way We Live Now. Today is day 70, 70, since face masks became ubiquitous and now seem to be turning into a fashion statement, and day 26 of this podcast. I've been thinking a lot about the jokes that lots of us are making about numbing ourselves during these terrible times. You know, Zooming with friends over quarantinis or tweeting about wine o'clock. But for people who are struggling with addiction or who are in recovery, it's no laughing matter. My guest today is Dr. Randall Zwanger. Randy, thanks so much for joining me to talk about the way we live now. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Let me begin by asking where are you right now? Like, Where are you sitting? What are you looking at? What does life look like? Well, I'm in a beautiful place right now. I'm in um, uh, God's country in the uh, northwest corner of Connecticut. And um, uh, I'm literally sitting in my private office right now looking out on uh, Highway 44. We, we call it a highway here, mm. but it's uh, uh, just a road. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a beautiful day. And um, I've been... Uh, telecommuting, uh, doing mostly uh, telephone sessions and uh, video sessions with, with patients in my private practice today. Mm -hmm. So you're a psychiatrist who specializes in addiction and recovery, and you're the chief medical officer of Mountainside, uh, which is a nationally acclaimed alcohol and drug rehabilitation center that actually has a cafe connected to it, doesn't it? It does. Absolutely. I love that cafe. I've driven by it many times, and once I, the first time I pulled in, I, it was just a revelation. It's a very special place that's operated or, you know, run by uh, people who are in recovery, um, you know, in, in the rehabilitation center. Yeah, it's so nice that you mentioned the cafe because it is a, a, a wonderful piece of our, our uh, it's kind of a work therapy program that we do for people who have finished our uh, rehabilitation 
decent, have continued in what we call extended care. And um, being in recovery is so difficult, but, you know, your, your addiction has consumed so much of your life that sort of getting back to those basics of getting up on time and uh, putting on your uniform and showing up to work on time um, is, is a real therapeutic thing for, uh, for these young people. Um, and, you know, during this COVID epidemic, the cafe, we're doing takeout to the community, um, curbside pickup. Um, but, um, you know, it's been a disruption in their lives as well and been a big challenge for everybody in recovery. But I, I think that those, those young people are very, very dear to me. So uh, mm. really, uh, Thanks for bringing them up. Yeah, and no, a great cafe. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking too. I'm remembering the times that I've stopped in there, and there has been a quality of uh, just in the in the in the young people um, waiting on the tables or behind the cash register or making the coffee of gratitude and a kind of um, cheerfulness, like a really genuine. Yeah, I guess I can only really call it gratitude, and I can imagine in the early days of kind of becoming more independent in recovery that um, you, you used the word disruption. It seems like disruption is sort of the order of the day for many of us right now. And um, I wanted to ask you, what, what have the, these months since the pandemic hit been like in your community? What are you noticing that people are experiencing? Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about, uh, if you think about recovery, I mean, what we ask people to do or what they ask us to help them do is to give up their drug of choice, whether that's alcohol or heroin or Xanax or cocaine. And, uh, and what do we replace it with? Right. So this is this thing that made them feel good. It released the dopamine receptors in their brain and they felt better than they've ever felt in their lives. And now we, take that away or they ask us to help them be without that. And so what do we replace it with? Uh, it's really, we replace it with a connection, a connection with other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is um, this socialized isolation and self-quarantine um, is just counter to everything we've given them in their recovery. I mean, that's the exact wrong thing to do in your recovery, right? Is to isolate and to stay inside and, um, you know, watch, watch videos or whatever mm -hmm. comes up. So it's been, um, it's been a huge challenge and uh, both in the uh, recovery community, but also in the treatment community. How can we, how can we reach these people who are now sitting in their apartments being told that they can't go out or they can't, if they go out, they have to wear a mask, they have to wear gloves. Isolation is the wrong thing for people in recovery mm -hmm. to be uh, experiencing and be uh, exposed to. Um, so, so this has been a real challenge and um, both in terms of providing uh, virtual uh, help, whether that's through therapy or self-help groups or virtual uh, uh, online meditation groups uh, where sober people can get together. We actually are doing a sober Jeopardy group, um, <laughs> which has been pretty popular. Um, but um, uh, but also for those of us that are running a, a detox and rehab program, um, making a program that's safe for people to to come and uh, and that's that's been a real challenge too. And right, really. Right making sure that we screen things 
and um, that we have the testing and the barriers in place so that we're uh, so that people can come and do the work they're they're meant to do rather than feeling like okay I, I'm going to get exposed to this virus because there's strangers coming in every day right right I mean this is really um, addressing precisely why I wanted to speak with you because I'm so aware that people are struggling and you know days blur one into the next and folks are more isolated than usual without the mechanisms that usually keep us busy and distracted and afloat. And and at the same time, in terms of the recovery community, you know, there are these subliminal and not even so subliminal messages that are everywhere on social media and in advertisements. You know, people are making jokes about quarantinis or Zoom cocktail dates or wine o'clock and, you know, businesses booming for liquor stores, you know, which were deemed essential businesses. <laughs> right. So for those who are vulnerable to addiction, it just seems like it's a perfect storm. I mean, I think it's difficult for even people who are not identifying as addicts. And, you know, of course, in-person meetings, whether it's 12-step meetings or therapy or group therapy, have had to be put on hold. So what are the challenges of not being able to to physically gather? Like, do you find when you're doing therapy with people or running group therapy that that it can be effective to be managing it on screens? Yeah, well, I, I would have to say that I've that's been one of the pleasant surprises mm. of this for me because I, you know, I'm a little bit older, so uh, <laughs> um, I, I uh, had not been doing any Skype or Zoom calls in my practice. Um, and uh, I've, I've really found it is a, a really good way to connect with people, particularly one-on-one. I think the groups are a little more challenging, um, but I have a very talented group of clinicians who are, are pretty good. We, we have actually more facilitators in a group, in an online group, so they can help kind of manage the questions and those sorts, those sorts of things. Um, but um, I actually find a really good connection um, on the one-on-one uh, therapy um, and psychiatric sessions that we, that we have, mm. but it, it isn't the same. And, um, you know, as a doctor, you know, you like to have that patient, you like to be able in front of you, you like to be able to examine the patient and, and have that connection. Um, uh, I will have to say that when I go into the, uh, when I go into mountainside, um, you know, we're, uh, we're doing, doing everything according to the CDC recommendations. So we're wearing masks and, I find how how much I miss people's mouths, you know, uh, yeah. miss seeing them smile and, and that way of connecting with people. At least I'm looking at their mouths when I'm doing um, virtual meetings on video. So um, I think that's been pretty positive. That's so interesting. I One of my best friends is a therapist, and, and she was saying that if when she goes back to being able to be, uh, you know, safely in a room with her patients, if masks are a requirement of that, that she would actually rather to continue to Zoom with them so that she can see their faces. There's something that's very disorienting about not being able to really see one another. I mean, for for all of us, I think, not just um, mental health professionals and, and patients. I was actually looking at illustrations of the masks that doctors wore in the 14th century. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're really extraordinary. They they had huge beaks like birds, and the beaks were there to kind of maintain social distance. They wouldn't have had that language for it. 
Um, but I was just imagining from the patient's point of view, seeing these these beaks coming at you. I mean, it's just surreal anyway, but I, di- I digress. For listeners out there who are struggling or worried about substance abuse, who aren't in treatment or but are, you know, in this time of so much social isolation, who are just struggling or noticing that they're consuming more than they would want to be of whatever substance, what advice might you have to offer? I, mean, I think that's such a great point because it's it's not just someone who has already identified that they're an alcoholic and they need to be in recovery. I think that this is such a uh, such a high risk and slippery slope uh, time for people that um, I mean we know that you know after 9/11 there was like a huge increase in number of people that developed alcohol problems nine months after 9/11 because they just found themselves you know that this is their cope this is the way that they were coping mm-hmm. and and I think particularly when you have all this time in front of you you see yourself you know drinking earlier in the day, you know, cocktail hour moves earlier and the uh, bottle of wine that used to uh, last three and four nights now is uh, you're opening up a second bottle the second night. And, um, you know, so I I think that it is a time to self-reflect and look at how much you're drinking, whether or not you, if you tell yourself, I think I should probably cut down, you should probably cut down. If people get annoyed with you because of your drinking or start feeling guilty because of how much you're drinking, or, you know, if you find yourself having to drink in the morning to uh, treat withdrawal symptoms, I mean, this is somebody who's getting themselves in trouble with alcohol Mm -hmm. and probably should be looking at at getting some support and getting some treatment um, because it's a, uh, uh, you know, withdrawal from alcohol can actually be deadly. So you want to make sure you have the proper support before you get that far. Right. So you're also really talking about reaching out and asking for help, I think. Absolutely. That, uh, and, and there, there is a lot of help out there, not just from Mountainside, but online support, like your primary care doctors. People are not seeing their primary care doctors lately, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because you know they're involved in other things. And um, uh, a lot of those appointments are also being done virtually. So I definitely think to reach out for some support, but also use the time to do some self-reflection. What's bringing you hope or solace during this time that can often feel so hopeless or difficult times for globally, for everyone? Sure. So, you know, you kind of mentioned it when you were talking about the cafe. I work with an incredible group of people, not just my coworkers, who I, um, this group of nurses and clinicians and uh, even the housekeepers and the people in food services are so dedicated to what they do um, in helping in helping people with addiction. Um, but also the clients themselves that I work with, um, when you mentioned that sense of gratitude, I have this great job because people actually do express gratitude for um, for the things you do for them and and how their lives might change. So so I think that my hope comes in in very individual ways. You know, is that uh, if I can help one person that day, then I've had a good day. I realize I'm not going to change the entire global epidemic of opioid addiction, 
by the way, opioid addiction, that epidemic has not gone away during this mm. whole pandemic. Just that sense of, I mean, uh, the last kid I talked to today said, I'm so content with my life right now, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, what a great feeling, you know, mm. that, that uh, and this is somebody who had opiate addiction and has, has really been helped by, by our program and, um, and, and all the skills that he's learned. Mm. That must be an amazing feeling. It is. It's, it, it, it's worthwhile. My, my last question to you is, have you reflected at all about what you hope we might learn from this time? You know, this time when we are, like it or not, really being forced into a place of slowing down and of self-reflection, of kind of meeting ourselves wherever we are, because there are no tent poles of, or plans or distractions. Do you have any thoughts about that? Well, yeah. So a, a couple things. I, I think the, the first thing that came to mind was we really need to listen to our scientists. We really need to follow the guidance of, uh, of science and use common sense in this. I think that that's going to prevail and because I think we're going to be, be in this for a long time. But probably the thing that, that I also thought of is one of the places I do take out um, in New Marlboro, Massachusetts, she, uh, uh, the host added a, a packet of cookies um, to our last order with a, uh, a handwritten note said, be safe and be kind. Mm. And, and I think that that's what, what I want us to get out of this, you know, a sense of uh, kindness um, for each other. And I think that's going to get us through. That is a beautiful note to end on. I'm so thankful to you for making the time to talk to me about, you know, such such important issues. I think this will resonate with lots of listeners. So, uh, Randy, thank you for, um, thanks for everything sure. that you do and for taking the time. And thank you for what you're doing, Danny. I think this is a great project. So, thanks. Good luck to you all. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Way We Live Now. Tell us the way you're living now. We want to hear. Call us on, you might want to get a pen for this, 909-713-8995. That's 909-713-8995. And record your story, and we might just use it on the pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash the way we live now pod. We are creating a community here, and we would love for you to join us. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Ryder. The Way We Live Now is a production of iHeartRadio. It's produced by Lowell Berlanti. Beth Ann Macaluso is executive producer. Special thanks to Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.